Hello and welcome to Res Life Freedom Conversations, where we talk all about our new life in Christ and explore the fullness we were made for. This episode is just one of the five-part foundation series. We encourage you to catch all five episodes, start this journey, and discover true transformation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Freedom Conversations. This is episode three, so we encourage you, if you have not heard any of the other episodes, we are doing these in sequential order, so we encourage you to go back and listen to those. And as always, we like to kind of go back to the previous episode to kind of reestablish where we're at in this conversation. And with that, I'm just going to pitch it over to you, Nick. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in the last episode, we were really laying out what we would say is the problem that Jesus came to solve. And, and to put it in a nutshell is really, it's, it's not about behavior, it's all about source. Jesus didn't come to make us better behaviors or, or bad people, good people. He came to make us alive people, new people, and restore us back to the source of being plugged into the heart of the Father. And we've seen that picture there. And when we, when we think through these different aspects, uh, the, the behavior... Typically, if you're anything like myself, I grew up in a church atmosphere that was more heavily focused on behavior than mm-hmm. it was about source. Um, we, within Christian circles, tend to say religion versus relationship, and, and that's very much where I was. I was in growing up in a church that was very much about, don't do these things, do these things. If you do all these things, you're going to make God happy. He won't be upset at you, and you'll make it in uh, into heaven, right? <laughs> Hang on tight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And part of the good behavior is you show up at church, so that way your time card's punched and, and you're on the roster for heaven. And and really, that's not what Jesus was coming at all to do. In fact, he had very stark words with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teachers of the law of the day because they were so focused on external behavior versus conditions of heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always think of the uh, Pharisees and how, you know, they had, the, the, the top Pharisees had memorized the whole first five books of the Bible, as we know it today. Mm-hmm. And they had everything down, and they knew what all the law was, and they knew you should do this and you shouldn't do that, and they were very particular that this was how you do it. And when Jesus came along, he said to them, he said, woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. He called mm-hmm. them hypocrites. <laughs> he said, you're like whitewashed tombs. Mm. He said, you're, you look beautiful on the outside, but inside, inside, you're full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. And he talks about how they studied the scriptures diligently, and it is certainly good to study the scriptures, mm-hmm. but not for the way they did. We studied the scriptures to hear God's voice and hear him speaking to us. But they read the scriptures to know what the do's were and where the don'ts were Mm -hmm. so that they would not cross that line. But Jesus said this, he said, he said, you study the scriptures diligently. This is in John 5, 39, that you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. It goes back to that issue of source they were still plugged into death. Even though they knew the scriptures, they studied the scriptures, they had not plugged into the life that God has for them. And I, w- I want to add here, you know, that the scripture says we, we define eternal life in a lot of different ways. I think a great place to go right now would be to, to think about John seventeen three, because so many people have descriptions of what eternal life is. And for many people, they think it's just a ticket to heaven. You know, it, it's about their, it's about their just getting right with God so that everything is going 
going to be fine for them in the end. But this is what Jesus said. He said, this is eternal life, that they know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And so really, it's about knowing him. It's not about knowing the scriptures for the purposes of avoiding, of avoiding bad behavior and having good behavior. It is to, to know the scriptures for relationship and to mm-hmm. really know Jesus and to live with, with his life as mm-hmm. your source. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's not a knowing of knowing about. Again, that's what the Pharisees were doing. They were going all into Scripture, and they knew all about, but they didn't actually know. The yeah. The Greek word there is gnosko, yeah. uh, which is, we would say, like, in actually in Genesis, it uses a very similar word of Adam knew Eve, mm-hmm. and they bore a child. Mm-hmm. It's actually a deep intimacy kind of knowing. It's not, I have all the right knowledge in my head, but it's, God, I know you. Yeah. I know you. And that produces that that everlasting life. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it's about the heart. It's mm-hmm. it's it's not a head knowledge, it's about a heart knowledge and really knowing and having relationship. Yeah, and it's even greater than relationship too. Like in that knowing, you're becoming. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, so you know, we hear that uh you know, when, when we decide to follow Jesus, you know, he is the door to the relationship with God, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't end there. Mm-hmm. Like it's the end goal isn't relationship. And it's like, wait, w- w- wait a minute. No, no, no. The end goal is relationship is to bring us back in a relationship with God. And actually, the end goal is oneness. Mm-hmm. It's actually oneness through relationship. It's getting that, that clearer understanding of who we truly are, not about the behavior, not about the do's, not about the, do- the don'ts, mm-hmm. but it's a becoming one with God so that we are clearly uh, being the image that he created us to be. It says that we were created in his image, in his likeness. We were mm-hmm. created just like God to be one with him mm-hmm. just as he is. I get one of those pictures of, of, you ever see where the plane's in the air and then the other plane comes to fuel up, Oh yeah, right? And the, the, the fuel tube goes out and somehow, these guys are amazing, they figure <laughs> out how to get the, the fuel tube into the other plane while they're in the air. And, and really, that's the picture that you're painting, is, is that we would be so tethered that in that moment, and, and really for all moments moving forward, that's the goal, is yeah. that we are one with God, moving with God. Not that we are God, yeah. but that we are so tethered with Him that He is flowing into us. He mm-hmm. is our constant source, our constant life, our constant fuel for all the things that we're going to do in life. And it's a beautiful picture, I think, for me at least. Yeah, and it totally shifts the focus away from that behavior modification that we talked about. Mm-hmm. When we think about it in terms of that that oneness, it totally takes the pressure off even feeling like we need to perform. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I just, I love uh, Galatians 2.20, and I think this would be a great place to bring it up. And it's where, it, where uh, Paul writes, he says, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. So because of that, the life that I now live in the flesh, mm-hmm. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, really what that's saying is it's saying that when you become a believer, your life is is no longer your life. Mm-hmm. It really is God's life in you. It's Christ's life in you. Really, our life comes from the one we believe in. 
And I think that's really important for us to recognize that it goes back to that whole issue of source mm -hmm. and, and that that source really is the source of our identity. Mm -hmm. And that's when we really start to notice the change in our lives. Absolutely. Oh, you know, and there's many different ways in which we see that change. And I guess I'll just kind of use that to kind of segue where we'd like to go next. You know, there are many different ways in which we, as human beings, and, and, and also through our relationship with God, we experience change in our lives. And so let's just kind of like park on that topic, you know, the many different ways that that we see change in our lives, but really ultimately where we're going is that lasting change that we know is promised through Christ. Mm -hmm. Pastor Debbie, you said a minute ago, it's a heart thing. And really that's when, when we, as we're unpacking what change is, it's really that Jesus is giving a whole new heart posture into yes. us, that he, he deposits his spirit into us. And from there, he, scripture says that he takes our, our stony heart, our solid and immovable heart and makes it a heart of flesh yeah. that we'd be able to respond to him. Yeah, and I think it's really important here to make the point that we don't change so that God will approve of us or love us more. Mm -hmm. The reason that we change is because of the life that he's put in us. It's it's really it's just about he wants us to have his life flowing in us so that we can experience freedom, but also that we can have an active part in what he's doing in the earth today. Mm -hmm. You know, you talked about the stony heart, Nick, and mm -hmm. it just reminds me of my own personal testimony. Uh, at the time, I was experiencing um, just social anxiety, depression, and dealing with all kinds of different stuff, R extremely hard-hearted. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of different things that we don't have enough time today to talk about. Mm -hmm. But I remembered coming to church, to our church, Res Life, for the first time, and I walked through the doors, and I was I was only here because my, my wife asked if I wanted to come, um, and the size of the church, church is very large, and um, with social anxiety and everything, I was already having a, a problem walking through the doors. And I remember walking into the, the worship center and seeing cameras flying around and smoke machines and people with their hands in the air like, what is going on? I was totally freaked out, totally uncomfortable, hard-hearted. And every time I was faced with myself, it just became even more hard. You know, just the internal struggles were just really shutting me off from what God was trying to do while I was here. And I don't remember what he was preaching about but when Pastor Dwayne was preaching, I literally remember where I was sitting, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, it was like an arrow left his mouth when he was speaking, penetrated my heart, and all of a sudden, I could feel the hardness kind of just start to melt away. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I don't remember what he said, but I remembered after that happened, all of a sudden, I could hear him. Mm-hmm. I could hear what he was saying, and it was that connection. It was the Spirit of the Lord. It was the presence of Christ. It wasn't the absence of my stony heart, mm -hmm. but it was the presence of the Lord. And that type of change is a change that can only happen with God. Mm -hmm. That you will know the truth, and the truth will set you the free. The truth will set you free. It does a transforming work. Yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes, too, you know, we, we, we talked a little bit about how we might try to change, you know, and really change is not something that we initiate. Mm -hmm. We surrender, and mm -hmm. as we surrender, it is the work of the Spirit working the change in us. And it's like, it's like when we surrender to God, it's like we enter into this partnership with Him. 
and he works his freedom in us, and he brings about the life that he desires for us to have. And I think, you know, instead of trying to change for the wrong reason, sometimes what happens, some people try to just change the the wrong thing, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and they get focused on the behaviors or different areas. Um, And sometimes people try to use the wrong tools in change, Mm -hmm. but really it is the presence of the Lord. The things that we can do on our own, they, they may be informative, they may be helpful, but the reality is is the work of transformation can really only be done by God. Mm-hmm. So you bring up that that there's a, a possibility that we're trying to bring change on ourselves. So mm-hmm. I'll throw it out to you, Nick, first, and then if you want to add to it, Pastor Deb. Um, but let's let's look at that. Like, what are a couple ways that we on our own try to bring about change? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we tend to to work with a, a model that we call levels for change or mm-hmm. lasting change, and if you can envision. Uh, concentric circles going out. And, and typically at the, the center of the concentric circle, these are the areas that we, we humanly, or when we're being human doers versus <laughs> beings in yeah. God, uh, we try and change at the levels of environment and behavior. Mm-hmm. And we start to, again, you can even hear our, our misshaped definition of freedom within this. I will be free if I'm just outside of this environment, yeah. right? You could think of, of people coming up and going, oh, I hate my job. Yeah. And if I could just not be at that job anymore, then I would be okay. Uh, and, and the issue is, is they leave that job and then they get to another job and and then, oh, if I would just leave this job, then I would be okay. And and we like to say the, the biggest issue there is wherever you go, <laughs> There you are, yeah. <laughs> and because we're 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 not actually operating at a level of change, yeah. We're just moving things around, but our heart, as stony and broken and and wounded as it is, disconnected from the source, moves with us. So no matter where I end up, I'm still going to experience death, fear, pain, all of these different aspects. And then the other aspect is behavior. We talked about it right at the beginning of this episode, last episode, is really it's not about behavior, it's about source. But we do, we try and change our behavior. If I could just stop doing this thing, if I could just stop looking at this on the internet, if I Mm -hmm. could stop talking in this kind of language, if I could just stop this stuff, then I'll be okay, or then I'll be a good Christian, then God will love me. And the issue is we start wrestling with ourselves, and it's almost as if we're doing one giant arm wrestle with ourselves. And even if I win, I'm still losing. And after a while, even if you experience any kind of change, it's not a lasting change because eventually if you wrestle with yourself for long enough, you just wear yourself out, and then you're no longer able to wrestle, uh, and change isn't happening at all. Uh, yeah, in another area then where we often try to change is in the area of our own capabilities, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we recognize that there are limitations. We, we hit up against a, a ceiling, you know, you're, you're working and you're, maybe you're trying to change your environment or your behavior, uh, and, and in this level we call it capabilities, and that's where limitations in our heart tell us what we can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like you are being controlled by a thermostat. You know, if I go out to my mailbox and I leave the house and it's 70 degrees in the house and I go outdoors and I'm cold and I come back in and I think, well, I got to turn the heat up. If I set it to 72 degrees, it's only going to go to 72 degrees. I might need it to be 80 degrees because I'm cold, but it will only go so far. And it's like a thermostat in our heart. When we're, when we're controlled by the capabilities, our own capabilities, or the things that we see as, this is possible for me, but not that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we have a, a God, and there's a scripture that says all things are possible. Mm-hmm. And, but yet we have this internal thermostat that is telling us what we can and cannot do. And um, those limitations really hold us back from being everything that we can be and walking in the freedom that God has for us. Mm-hmm. Those will sound like, this is how it's always been. Oh, I can't change because this is how it's always been. Or life is just this way. And there are things that we start to believe Mm -hmm. and take on. I've never been good with money, so why would it be different? Exactly. And and we won't necessarily vocalize those things, but they happen on the inside of us. Mm -hmm. As I go forward and somebody gets... You see it with, with lottery winners, right? They get all the money that they win, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, they're right back to where they were because their capabilities and limitations were were doing their job as a thermostat. I love that picture mm-hmm. of a thermostat of leveling it back out to how it's always been. So they end up back into the negative or, or these things, and, and that's what capabilities and limitations do. So in the next level that we would try to change at, or really that we should change at, is is the level of belief. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the issue is we, we tend to work from the outside in, right? So the environment, behavior, capabilities, and limitations. And when we're, when we're going through trying to change all these things, those tend to shape very malformed beliefs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and if we think about a belief, it's different than a thought. Uh, I could think something, but a belief really resides in my heart. Thought in my mind, belief in my heart. And beliefs are, are kind of, in a way, something that we're looking through. Worldviews, different ideologies, stuff that we don't always formulate words towards. But as we're going through life trying to manage ourselves, we start to, quote-unquote, learn things about the world. And the, oftentimes, the things that we're learning about the world are not truth at all. Right. They are lies that we're taking on, believing through. Um, but... This is the beautiful thing. This is what we're talking about, is when we, when we take that, we turn that, and we start to look to Christ, who is the author and perfecter of our faith, who is the definition of truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. We can start to receive his truth, and like Pastor Deb said, either in this episode or the last, grab hold of the truth. Then it starts to shape those beliefs which starts to link us to really another level of change. Pastor Deb, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, well, and that would be the the level of changing at the level of our identity. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to go back just a little bit, though. You know, there are, uh, there are there's a difference between the thoughts and the beliefs, as mm-hmm. you said. You know, the beliefs are those things that really reside in our heart. The thoughts are in the mind. And so because of that, you know, we can have a thought as we read the Scripture, and we can say, well, that seems right. Mm-hmm. 
But because of the things that have happened in a person's life, mm-hmm. the things that they really believe come from a much deeper place. They come from places and things that they've experienced. And the problem is, is if we think back to what we were talking about in the garden, is, is man in his fallen state began to live based on their own ability to figure things out. And so they were living based on their thoughts mm-hmm. rather than beliefs. Mm-hmm. And information that, that you would receive by the knowledge of good or evil that can only change your thoughts. So what we really need is we need revelation from God because yes. that's the source of truth that can change the things that we really believe. It's like it gives us a whole new set of glasses to put on to see things the way they really are. And so there are two crucial categories in my mind about that, and that's what we believe about God and then what we believe about ourselves. Mm. And um You know, really, our true identity really is the blueprint that God had in his mind when he created us. When Mm -hmm. he formed you, Nick, in your mother's womb, uh, you know, he had this perfect picture of who you were. And that's that's what we really need to be living out of, is that identity that he says. Only what your father or your creator believes about you defines you. Mm -hmm. However, what you believe about yourself affects the experiences you have in this life. Yeah. Wow. And so it's really, really important that we grab hold of who God says we are, who we, and we get to that, that understanding and that definition of freedom that when we are responding fully to God as the person that he created and redeemed us to be, we're in that relationship with him where we're receiving everything that he has for us. We're receiving who he says we are. We're beginning to see ourselves not based on our environment or our behavior or our limitations or capabilities or even the things we think. We're now at a place where we're growing in this this revelation of we are who he says we are. Mm-hmm. And that is our identity. And that, that just reminds me of a question that we used often in uh, the context of freedom and Jesus was kind of the master at asking questions. He always he always approached things with the right question to really challenge people and to challenge the patterns that the world has created. And just thinking about Jesus in general, I mean, he was always challenging people in patterns. You know, he he was walking on water. He was turning water into wine. He was raising people from the dead. He was healing sick. I mean, he was challenging the pattern that people were used to. And mm-hmm. a question that we use to challenge the life pattern that that we're used to is what if that's not true right <laughs> what if that's not true and so everything that you guys are talking about these different levels or different ways in which we go about changing once we start to notice some of these things in our life I think one of the best things we can do is just start being real with ourselves and asking ourselves questions and one great question you can start with is what if that's not true mm-hmm. what if me finding a new job is going to be the answer to my problem. What if, what if that's not true? Right. What role do I play in this? What is there that God may want to bring into the situation that lines up with my identity that I haven't seen yet? What lens change do I need in this whole picture of change in a new way of living? And we see this all throughout New, uh, new Testament, right? Mm-hmm. When Jesus comes onto the scene, the, the language that he came, right? Right at the beginning of his ministry, he starts teaching and preaching repent yeah for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and what he's saying there the the word repent metanoia in the greek means to think in a completely different way he's he's essentially saying the way you're thinking is wrong (laughs) the beliefs that you have what if that's not true Mm -hmm. because there's a greater reality at hand 
There's a greater uh, story at hand, a greater narrative at hand. We could say it all sorts of different ways, but he's showing this. But then he would also model this within his teachings. You look at Matthew 5 through 7, you get the Sermon on the Mount, and he would say things like, you've heard it said, and I say to you this. You were thinking in this way, but I'm presenting to you this way. Mm -hmm. And he would speak in riddles to start challenging the ways, much like you're saying. Walk on water, all these different (laughs) things were all pictures uh, that, one, he was actually doing. I'm not just saying that it's pictures, but things that he would do to start changing the way people think. Yeah. He, he speaks to the winds and the waves, and all of a sudden the disciples start going, who is this man yeah. <laughs> that even the winds and the waves obey him? And, and their, their ideology of, of what the Messiah was going to be, <laughs> who Jesus is, starts just getting rocked, and now they have to dig deeper. Paul carries this on too, and he says in Romans 2, do not be conformed to the patterns or the systems or the ideas of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, it's just all throughout New Testament, all throughout Scripture that we see this idea of questioning, like you're saying, Ryan, mm-hmm. of what if that's not true? Maybe there's a, a greater reality at hand, and maybe the things that Scripture's revealing about God really is true. And I've just been looking through a very broken lens, much like Adam and Eve after the fall. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really important for, for all of us to really take a look at what is it that I really believe? What is it that God is saying that perhaps I have not heard or seen correctly? And really, you know, Ryan, you'd said that it's good to ask ourselves those questions, Mm -hmm. but I found it extremely helpful because sometimes if I'm asking myself a question, I'm just going to get my own thinking on it. Mm -hmm. But when I ask God, And we'll talk about hearing God more at another point. But when I ask God something, I know he's going to speak truth to my heart. Mm -hmm. And when he does, I know that I can receive that truth and that it will make a difference. It will set me free in a particular area. Yeah. And so on that note, I guess our encouragement to you in this episode is anything that you heard during this conversation that maybe challenges the way that you know something, Mm -hmm. you know, we encourage you to press in, ask God, what are you wanting to show me? Mm -hmm. You know, this really stood out to me. I've never heard this before. Maybe it's a new way to think. Maybe it's a new way to renew my mind. And we encourage you to have that conversation with God. And with that, we're going to end this episode, and we encourage you to continue with us on this journey. We'll be coming back for another episode, and we're going to just keep unpacking this beautiful picture that we have in the the Word and the context of freedom and this abundant life that Jesus came to show us. Thank you for joining us. If this message was impactful to you, we encourage you to share it and invite others into the conversation. For more information about freedom or your next step at ResLife, head over to reslife.org slash next steps. Until next time, remember, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom.